0: for young people I want to preach out of 2nd Timothy chapter 3 uh, and I want to open the sermon with a are you able to get that picture Curtis uh, how many know what this sign means go ahead and put that up if you're able to uh, anybody know what that sign means okay Pearl this is from England I know you don't drive right you don't drive That's okay. If if I'm glad you don't drive because they drive on the wrong side of the road anyway. So, okay, it's a circle. Great. Now you learned your. Okay, it's not a square. It's not. It's not a triangle. Okay. Somebody roundabout? No, it's not a roundabout. Although it could be. I mean, it's round, and it's about. All right. This uh, red blank road sign means no vehicles allowed in the area or down the road, although bicycles that are being pushed are allowed. (laughs) No vehicles beyond this point, down this road, although bicycles are allowed if they are being pushed. And so... Uh, I, I, I read this, uh, and it says that the circle means this is a mandatory instruction, so you have to know this. And so if you ever see this, get off your bicycle and start walking it. And I brought this sign up because uh, we're going to look at something this uh, morning in the Word of God that's a warning sign to you and I. It's a warning, although I think many people really don't see it or take uh, heed to it. Uh, Amen. Warning signs are there for a reason. And I want to look at this warning sign in light of the last days. Or this is a last days warning sign. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 Paul is writing to Timothy, his son in the faith, and he says this in verse one This know also, in the last, or that the last days shall be per, or then last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent fears, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. I'm going to focus on this. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. The Living Bible puts it this way. They will betray betray their friends. They will be hot-headed, puffed up with pride, and prefer good times to worshiping God. And the message version, I like this. It says, addicted to lust and allergic to God. Amen. And I want to consider with you the last days. Because the Bible is filled with, uh, a, a, with different descriptions and warning signs concerning uh, the last days. And people might ask you, are we in the last days? Uh, and the biblical answer is absolutely, without any doubt, we are in the last days. How many know that? This is not up for debate. This is as clear as clear can be. And we're going to examine this and believe God to help us. And Paul is writing to Timothy, a young pastor in the faith, amen. And he's helping Timothy to deal with certain things as a young pastor, amen. And working him through some some issues in his life and no doubt his uh, his uh, church, uh, Amen. Uh, and it's not that Timothy didn't know these things. Uh, it's just that now Timothy is learning about them uh, in a very personal way. How many know? It was one thing to know something up here. It's another thing to know it here, and it's another thing to live through it in experience and learn it through experience. And uh, Timothy is a young pastor. Uh, uh, Paul has taught him and, and raised him well. Now he's actually out there uh, and probably having the conclude. Man, no one would t- ever told me it was going to be like this. How many have ever experienced that? That in some area you you knew it up here, but then when you went through it, then you really knew it. Thought about this. It's the difference between learning about something conceptually and learning something uh, 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 actual through experience. Uh, let's consider marriage. You can say, you know what, in marriage you're going to have good times, and in marriage you're going to have not so good times. And uh, praise the Lord. You, know, you can tell. You can, ha- you can have uh, 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 people up here, they're, they're just getting married. You know, it's going to be tough. Yeah, we know. But we love each other. And little hearts are poof. And then it's another thing to talk to somebody. Maybe they're counseling. They've been married, you know, three minutes an hour to need counseling. You know, I told you there's going to be some rough time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. And they're looking at their spouse. You should be looking in the mirror. <laughs> and then they've been married five or six years, and they come in. Oh yeah, well you. I know what you mean now. Whoa, you ain't kidding. Then you're to 12 or 10, 15 years. Yeah, you young kids, you, There's a high boy. And then there's a low boy. I mean, no, low, low. Lower, lower, lower,
1: lower, 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 lower.
0: <laughs> then you've been married 25, 30, 40 years. Yeah, you're right. Praise God. God's good. Same thing, but now you know it differently. How about raising kids? You know, it's such a blessing. Yeah, we're going to raise our kids, right? That's because you ain't got none right now. Now, when we have children, man, gonna, really? Praise the Lord. Would you? Here, let me record that. Okay, go ahead. Great, great. I'm going to bring it to the, your, your child's second birthday party. Hey, parents, let me tell you, don't start saying terrible twos to your kid. Bad news. Don't speak those curses over them. Or terrible threes or locked up fours. I don't know. <laughs> and We wait till they hit teenagers. Two-year-olds are like kindergarten. Hit teenage years.
1: Whoa.
0: See, it's a different. It's, it's going to be rough. You can have, yeah, yeah. But then go through it. And so this is what Paul is dealing with Timothy. He had given him these, uh, these, uh, this instruction about being a young pastor and in the ministry, and this is gonna. But then he gets out there, and now he's uh, he's uh, he's having to deal with the reality. He goes, "Oh, now I know what you mean." See, uh, I was thinking about this about the conference. This is why we have conference. We get people, we lay hands on them. Okay, you're going to go out and pastor, and they're going praise the Lord. Then they get out there and they get the snot slapped out of them. Whoa, Pastor, I didn't know it'd be like this. What do you think we've been saying? I remember this couple came, Pastor, you didn't tell them it, it would be hard. What do you? Where have you been? Oh, we just thought it would be tiptoe through the tulips, and I said, Now, now you see that pastoring's a little bit. Yeah, we see. That's why we have conferences. Get them back on track. How many of you have ever? Thought about taking up a musical instrument and then you tried it. Amen. First time I tried to play the guitar, what? Boom! The strings broke.
1: I'm
0: like, wow, that's hard. Then I tried doing this and my fingers, ah, ah. I think I just think I'll rap instead. It's easier. It'd be great to get a lot of people with new an instrument. Anyway, that's not in my sermon. That was just straight from heaven. Hallelujah. There's zero doubt that we're in the last days. Listen to Acts chapter 2. About the day of Pentecost. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, God says, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Right there at the day of Pentecost, it, it, it was the beginning of the last days. There's a number of other scriptures that we could, uh, that we could uh, uh, quote as well, but for the sake of time, we're not. But, but the last day's clock started at the day of Pentecost, uh, and so we're not just in the last days, uh, we're in the last of the last of the last uh, of the last days, if not the, this could be the last day, amen. That's how far along we are, and so Paul is describing to Timothy some indicators of things that are going to happen in the last days, and yes, they've always been there, but in the last days, these things are going to be greatly amplified and intensified, and I want to examine that because I believe there's a warning sign in here that a lot of people don't know what it means, or they don't don't pay attention to it. And yet there's a reason why we're given it. Amen. Now is not the time to get slack concerning your salvation. Amen. Human history is going somewhere. It's called the second coming of Christ. This is going to happen before that occurs. Something called the rapture is going to take place but we are given warning sign after warning sign after warning sign and the reason for warning sign is to make you aware and to make you and I ready for something that's about to occur that little circular sign that says no vehicles and even bicycles have to be pushed I don't know what the actual situation is but they're put there for a reason and the Bible gives us a warning signs concerning the last days amen and we must take heed to those warning signs and I want to examine that because I believe God's got something for us to, to help us amen men and women will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God People will be lovers of pleasure, prefer good times uh, rather than worshiping God, addicted to lust and allergic to God. How many you have ever met somebody allergic to God? As soon as you bring it up, ah, ah, our whole society seems to be allergic to God. You can talk about anything but to mention Jesus. Oh you're allergic to God. Da-da. I want to focus on that. Lovers of pleasure. Lovers of pl- Anyone here not love pleasure? We love ple- I mean pleasure means pleasurable, okay? Anybody here you love pain? You're weird. You're really strange. We can come and pray for you. You are really, really strange. Of course we love pleasure. That's why it's called pleasure. But there's a contrast that's put here. And it's a deadly contrast that's being highlighted. And one of the marks of the last days, one of the warning signs, is men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They'll love pleasure... More than they love God. We all have different levels of love. Hopefully, you know, when you say, I love my dog, I love ice cream, I love my wife. Hopefully, those are different levels and types of love. If you love your dog the same way you love your wife, you've got issues. If you look up this word pleasure, it means voluptuous, voluptuous. Full of delight or pleasure or that which appeals to the senses. Men will be lovers of pleasure or that which appeals to the senses. Our our touch, our eyes, our ears, that type of thing. It means arising from sensuous Uh, or sensual gratification. And so it begins to uh, 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 redefine this, uh, that people will be in love with their senses and that sensual pleasure more than lovers of God. This is one of the highlights uh, of the last days. It says sensual delight by implication, sensual desires, lustful pleasure. A desire for pleasure pleasure more than a desire for God. One man put it this way, they will be lovers of pleasure and lovers of lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. That there is something inside people uh, that they love pleasure uh, uh, more than they love God. Now notice, it, it doesn't say they don't love God. It doesn't say they hate God. It doesn't say they curse God and I don't want to have, it doesn't say they're atheist or they're agnostic or they're hater. It just says they love pleasure more than they love God. That if it comes down to it, is it pleasure that I'm going to seek and do and and give myself to? The sensual pleasure, or is it? God, well, you know, I kind of, yeah, I, I like, yeah, this ain't bad once a week, but you know what? I'm going to do this every, uh, you know, the rest of the week, I'm doing this. It's a mark of the market last days. Are you still with me? If you look up some synonyms of that pleasure, contentment, enjoyment, gratification, thrill, Buzz, entertainment. Lovers of entertainment more than lovers of God. How many of our concerts are not for entertainment? They're for evangelism. I just throw that out there. Lovers of entertainment more than lovers of God. Lovers of... How many used to get a buzz before you got saved? How many got more than a buzz? (laughs) You passed out. It means a, a high or a thrill... Now, the lovers of getting high or lovers of the buzz or lovers of the, the thrill more than lovers of God. And the great danger is that we just brush over or gloss over this main description and warning sign and mark of the last days. And what triggered this entire sermon is I'm reading a book about dopamine. Let me know what dopamine is. Dopamine is a chemical, if you want to call it that, and I'm not going to get into the scientific, you know, and all of that. It's a hormone in your body, amen, and it's known as the pleasure drug. It's when you, when this is released in your body, and there's numbers of things that release this dopamine, that's the pleasure drug, and so I'm reading through this book, uh, amen, because now uh, uh, technology has the ability to measure what triggers your dopamine and the dopamine levels in your bloodstream and how to raise the dopamine blood levels in your bloodstream, amen. And it's dopamine and that pleasure, that thrill, amen, that makes something addicting. And so, what is able to be done now that has never been able to be done before is they can make things more addicting. And I always give the example of Doritos. You know why you can't just eat one Dorito? Dopamine. Have ever eaten, how many like Doritos? How many don't like Doritos? We'll pray for you too. <laughs> and you eat one and you're just satisfied. You're like, that's all he needs. How many can do that? Because so I'm going to shake your hand. It's like, really? Man, I'm like, I'm, not, I, I'm only going to have one. And I have eaten only one at a time. Because <laughs> it's just like, man, it's just, I mean, suddenly, he, um, man, whoo, that's good. Now they can, they measure your dopamine levels and they make it as addicting as they can. Why? Because they're selling things and they want your money and you're addicted to Doritos. We will have an altar call for addictions. But this is, this is different than any other generation. They are purposefully making things to release that pleasure drug inside of you. Now, there's nothing wrong with Doritos, okay? I, I, I use that as an example. But it's the pleasure drug. And I believe one of the marks of the last days is lovers of pleasure, but how that plays out is, in in regular terms, is it's the release of dopamine. It's the release of dopamine that makes somebody, that gets somebody addicted. People who are addicted to crack addicted to other drugs really what it's that it releases those dope that dopamine in massive amounts and that's what they get addicted to it's the addiction to that pleasure drug men in the last days men and women will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god that it will be, con- that the contrast is there. And I'm telling you, we're being bombarded when advertisers and, and people understand if you can get them uh, to release dopamine, uh, you'll get them hooked on whatever product you're trying to sell them. Hallelujah. When you experience personal pleasure, it is because a chemical is being released in your brain that's called Dopamine. This drug release uh, is what causes addictions. The drug is released in your brain during different activities, and by taking certain drugs, uh, <clears throat> you know, the apostle Paul recognized this. He said, This is why Paul says when you commit sexual immorality, you are sinning against your own body. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6:18. This is why I say, run from sexual sin. No other sin affects the body as this one does. When you sin this sin, it is against your own body. When you involve yourself in sexual immorality or pornography, what's happening is dopamine, 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 and you're sinning again. you're teaching your body to sin, and you're addicting, literally, you're addicting your body to sin. Paul didn't know all the, the, the things that we know now in technology, but he understood the truth. And that's the society that we live in. Let me read you a couple of quotes. Dopamine is known as the feel-good hormone. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter that's an important part of your brain's reward system. It's associated with pleasurable sensations along with learning, memory, and much, much more. And so God made our body this way. The problem is sin has ruined it. Dopamine is a party reward system. The system is designed by God to reward you when you're doing things you need to do in order to survive, such as eat, drink, compete to survive and reproduce. As humans, our brains are hardwired to seek out behaviors that release dopamine. In our reward system when you're doing something pleasurable your brain releases a large amount of dopamine you feel good and you seek more of that feeling God made us this way the problem is sin has entered the world now, I want you to consider these headlines that I read I you know I can't read the whole article listen to this headline There is significant evidence that dopamine plays an important role in anxiety modulation in different parts of the brain. And it's being manipulated by a lot of people. A study finds that listening to the music you love will make your brain release more dopamine. That you listen to music, it's pleasurable to you, it releases dopamine. Dopamine. Your brain rewards you twice per meal. Now listen, they study this. When you taste the food, I mean, like just mmm, mmm, that's good. It's like, mmm. Mm. And it says, and then when it hits your stomach, it releases more dopamine.
1: Poof, mm,
0: that's good. Dopamine is being released. Okay? The fact is, junk food stimulates the reward system in the brain in the same way that addictive drugs do, such as cocaine. This is what we're dealing with. It's there. A study published in some journal says, playing video games releases the feel-good neurotransmitter dopamine. Playing a video game increases the dopamine level by 100 to 200%. You wonder why kids are addicted to video games or maybe adults are addicted to video games. It's dopamine. The short-term dopamine-driven feedback... Okay, this is, this is a guy who worked uh, for uh, 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 Facebook... And he's no longer working, and, and he's got a guilty conscience. Listen to what he writes I feel tremendous guilt. He was responding to a question about his involvement in exploiting consumer behavior. The short term dopamine driven feedback loops that we have created are destroying how, how society works. He goes on to say he highlighted uh, something most of us uh, know, but few really appreciate. Smartphones and the social media platforms they support are turning us into bona fide addicts. This is a guy who worked behind the scenes for that. And in the book I'm reading, they call this the digital syringe. Mark of the last days, men will become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Not that they don't love God, it's just, you know, when push comes to shove, I love pleasure more than God. I've got a friend, his name is uh, well, Kevin Baker. Kevin Baker. He was a rescue swimmer in, in the Navy. He worked at, He did a lot of uh, top secret work with uh, the Navy SEALs and different things. He got out of the Navy to, probably 11, I mean 21, 22 years ago. When he got out, of the, uh, got out of the Navy, he had to sign an official contract. Now listen to me. That he would not use virtual reality glasses for 20 years. He was involved in a lot of top-secret uh, 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 missions and a lot of top-secret information. And he said, you, this was, again, 20, 25 years ago. You, he was not allowed to use virtual reality glasses because virtual reality glasses have the ability to reach in your brain and take information out. Now, you just sit and ponder. This was 25 years ago. How many know what virtual reality glasses are? There's these glasses you put on and it becomes 3D and it creates the the whole world. You'll see some kids with them on. And I remember reading a book probably 10 years ago said the addictive nature of virtual reality glasses compared to the addictive nature of of, uh, technology today when these virtual reality glasses come out is going to be like weak hotel coffee to crack cocaine. And the pornography industry is, is taking the virtual reality glasses idea and is, is running with it. And you're going to see people whose minds are completely gone in one session. That's why in Athens, I said, no, no VR glasses in church. Mom, dad, number one, I think you're a fool if you, you let your kids use those. Talked with a young, with a man recently, his son, they found his son, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things with these glasses on. He didn't know where he was. His mind was gone. It's just this flood like a, like a Niagara Falls of dopamine. This is the generation we're living in. Man now knows what it takes and he can trigger as much dopamine as he can to get people addicted to all kinds of things. And one of the marks of the last days, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. You have that video? This is a minute and a half. I know it's going to seem like forever. We're going to have to turn off the lights, Denard, maybe. And this is, this. I'll let it speak for itself. Go ahead. All right, that's good. That's good. I know adults like that. <laughs> Take it away. Ah. I, listen, you can't live with these and you can't live without them. But I, I, we need to understand what's at work in the last days. I'm not saying get rid of your phone. I'm saying understand the dynamics that are at work in the last days because the Bible says men will be lovers of pleasure. Some of you have checked your phone 13 times as I've been preaching. I know you're important. I know, you know, somebody's got to call you, but it's addiction. Have you ever called themselves, you're addicted? Oh, now we're going to have liars. All right, come on down. Listen, I'm right there with you. They say, I'm preaching this so hard, so it hits the wall, and then come back and hit me. This is the climate we're dealing with. And the danger is, not just phones, but everything is geared to pleasure. Everything is geared to pleasure. And we become lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. We had the baby dedication. And parents, I'm trying to help you to be able to raise your children Correctly. Amen. This is the generation that we're living in. You know, I get tremendous pleasure out of the word of God. I get tremendous pleasure out of just sitting down and reading the word of God. But I have to be honest, there are times when this thing tries to supersede the word of God. How many have you ever been looking up something? I mean, you're not. You're not. It's not nasty or anything. Maybe scores of sports scores, and, and guys say, "Well, you need to read your Bible." Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know. How many of you felt that? Of course, this is what we're dealing with. And I thought this is one of the signs of the last days. We love play just to feel good. Rather than, I get joy out of the word of God. I get joy out of the things of God. But there's something competing with that. And it's our digital age. So let's close and look at the solution. Because the solution is be a lover of God. You know, God's solution, God has a solution to everything. God's solution is love God. How many want to be in love?
1: Pop, pop, pop,
0: pop. How many couples you want to be in love? Wife looks at the husband. You better raise your hand or I'll kill you. (laughs) We all want love. We're created to love and be loved. You know what God's solution to everything is in life? Love God. Love God. Not just love God. But allow God's love to come into your life. It's so much more satisfying than anything. God's solution is love. I know we need self-discipline. I know we need all of that. But God's solution is what we crave most. Love. Love. That in the last days, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, strength. And uh, the, the the next is just like it. And your neighbor as yourself. Well, the only thing that allows us to love our neighbor as ourself is, our, is God's love coming to us and our love going to him. Praise God, his answer is love. What the whole world is looking for, but they're not going after it the right way. God's solution to us is love. Thank God. It's love, love, love. Not some weird, you know, emotional thing, although it does include emotion. God's love. You know what his answer is? Love God. Love God with all your heart, all your mind all your soul, all your strength, and that so far surpasses all of the cheap highs that people get. Hallelujah. Love God and allow Him to love you. Heart means our emotions. Mind means our thoughts, our reasonings, our conclusions. Soul is your very core being, the combination of all these things, and strength is your will. How often? All the time. Guard your heart in these last days. Don't allow our generation and what it's pursuing to overcome your love for God. Hallelujah. Do not allow your love for what might be pleasurable. I'm not talking about sinful pleasures. What might be pleasurable to prevail over that which is holy. You know, uh, if you've ever seen an addict, it just dominates their whole life. Had a young man in our church in in Athens a number of years ago. Uh, Tremendous young man, got addicted to Meth. You see him after a while. It's, it's tragic what happened. Amen. Parents, teach your children, both by example and instruction, what it means to be a lover of God. Show them that the real joy comes from the things of God. I was thinking about our conferences. The Sunday before our conference, we go to two church services. Monday we have one in the evening. Tuesday through Friday, we have four each day, that's 16. Then Sunday afterwards, we have two services. That's 21 services in eight days. And then how many have, 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 how many have done that schedule? 21 in, And then you, you still want more. You're addicted to Jesus. hallelujah. I've done that for years and years and years, amen, and thank God you can be in love with God. I was reading about a man, he has a a house that's uh, kind of on a hill, and it's got a hidden driveway uh, so that uh, when he pulls out of his driveway, backs out of his driveway, many times the cars that come up the hill can't see him. And so he's been after the city to uh, put up a sign there. And this is, this is uh, how he described it. He said, there is a blind hill just before my driveway, which makes, which makes it very dangerous for me to uh, come out on the road. How can I get a warning sign uh, that says blind hill or hidden driveway? How can I get that installed? So this is, uh, this is his question. Uh, and this is the answer of the uh, community that, uh, that he lives in. The New Brunswick Department of Transportation Infrastructure strives to follow the standards and guidelines established by the Transportation Association of Canada, TAC, in the Manual of Uniform Traffic Control Devices for Canada, M-U-T-C-D-C. I mean, governments love uh, things like that. With respect to roadway signage, The manual had been developed by experienced transportation professionals throughout Canada taking into consideration applicable transportation and human factors related research and experience from a variety of sources. Signs such as Hidden Driveway, Blind Hill, and Dangerous Intersection have not been installed on the provincial roadways for many years. These signs were found to have little or no impact on driver behavior and tended to give a false sense of security to motorists entering from their driveway. The overuse of warning signs can result in disrespect for them and other traffic control devices. In other words, we didn't put one up there cuz nobody pays attention to it anyway. Okay, then why do you have stop signs? And it gives you a false sense of security because you think the other people are following the the road signs, but they're really not, and you're going to pull out there, and you're going to get yourself. So we're not going to put anything up there. God gives us signs for a reason. He gives us warnings. How many believe we're living in the last days? How many love God? That's why you're here. You wouldn't be here if you didn't love God. Watch it. The devil wants to get your love for other things to exceed your love for God. But guess what? The devil don't call the shots. God calls the shots. And we're not ignorant of the way he does things. Mom, dad, parents, individual, guard your heart. Stay a lover of God more than a lover of anything else. Let's bow our heads together. Hallelujah. Thank God for his grace. Thank God. Thank God. We are in the last of the last of the last days. Jesus is coming back. Amen. Thank God. He's coming back. I truly believe we're the generation that are going to see him return. Things are going uh, uh, just according to God's plans. One of the greatest signs of the last days was when Israel became a nation in 1948. That ushered in. And I can't go through all the things, but we're living in the last days. Literally, biblically speaking, the rapture could happen right now. If that happened, Would you go? If Jesus came back right now, or if you, God forbid, something happened and you dropped dead and stood before the throne of God, would you make heaven your home? If you cannot with 100% assurance say yes, you can get that assurance this morning. Say, Pastor, I want Jesus in my life. I'm not living right, or maybe I'm backslidden. You know how people backslide? They love pleasure more than they love God. Doesn't, we're built to have pleasure. God created us that way, but not where our love for pleasure exceeds our love for God. Because what happens when your love for pleasure exceeds the love of God, you'll start stepping out of the boundaries that God has set for pleasure. And you say, Pastor, I need to get some things right. I'm not saved or I'm backslidden, but I want to give my life to Christ. Quickly, slip your hand up. God bless you, sir. Others, slip it up, put it right back down. Be honest before God. Listen, we live in a generation. This thing is, this thing is pushing hard. They're studying ways to make good upstanding citizens basically addicts to whatever it might be. It might be the internet. It might be... Whatever, they're studying how to raise those dopamine levels. Parents need to understand. It's not just innocent games. You know, that video of that child, that's kind of humorous, but parents, sometimes the answer isn't just give your kid a phone. This is the generation we're living in. We all, myself included, need to guard our hearts that we love God more than anything or anyone else. Let's stand together. Let's open these altars. You come find a place to pray. If you're like me, you say, God, you need to help me. God, you need to help me. God, I'm going to be a, I make a conscious decision. I'm going to be a lover of God more than anything else hallelujah let's sing a song together you lifted your hand for salvation amen you come down find a place to pray
1: Jesus my soul